Welcome to Food and Loathing, where we take a licking and keep on ticking. Or actually, perhaps we take an ass kicking and <laughs> yeah. keep on licking and biting and tasting and munching and dining. I don't know. We have been plagued by injuries, man. But uh, much like our beloved Golden Knights, or I suppose any hockey team this far into the season, uh, we promise to keep battling back and giving it our best to keep you up to date on the most delicious parts of the Las Vegas dining scene. I am your host, Al Mancini, feeling a bit more like Frankenstein's monster today as I admire the <laughs> 25 or so staples across my abdomen. I am I'm short a gallbladder but I still have that much maligned liver of mine and it is serving me well after a very stressful couple of weeks. Um, just in, just scratched from the, the roster, I suppose, Samantha Gemini Stevens, our co-hostess with the co-mostess, is, um, yeah. is out herself with some, some injuries. So we're wishing her well, yes. sending her all the love and the healing vibes. I don't know how many healing vibes I got left, but I'm sending them all her way. And, um, Man, handling it with me one-on-one <sighs> tonight. The technical guru, our resident fast food fanatic, a man who has covered the White House and Air Force One, but has chosen to spend this portion of his career podcasting about chefs, bartenders, and bottle service. <laughs> the one and only Rich Johnson. How are you, my friends? The yin and yang of eating on Air Force One is that it's fresh cooked food <laughs> that they buy at the grocery store on base. <laughs> and then bring it in and cook it. And it's an electric range right there behind where the press sits. And I've watched them uh, cook things and bake oh. things. So it's but nice, it, but it's not that nice. It's not as nice as the kitchen up in the front. Yeah, I, I would think not. And I'm probably you probably don't get the same caliber of chef um, that. Yeah, that, it's it's an Air Force enlisted man. Yeah. I'm sure I'm but sure he's fun. quite qualified and a and good guy. But whenever yeah, you're yeah, cooking yeah. for the they, masses, we had good time. It's the only people you can talk to on the plane because you can't leave the little room with 13 no. seats. Other dirty would, little secret. I would not know. They do not invite me on to the um, the POTUSes <laughs> anywhere. The POTUS is going to be. I still um, well, have all the stuff I stole from it, though, including the, you know, the M&M's boxes. That is like every journalist's favorite favorite oh, thing, yeah. right? Those, Steal those the Air Force M&Ms. The M&Ms are long gone, but the box with the red M&M on one side and a uh, George W. Bush signature on the other. Now, is, does the red M&M have shoes on there? Was this prior to yes, the whole? this yeah. is like 2008, 2007. Back when they were before Tucker Carlson turned the fucking <laughs> yeah. M&Ms into a culture war. Yeah, exactly. Oh, They've gone trans. <laughs> which bathroom anyway. do the m&ms go to now <laughs> oh man it's great to be back with you um after spending yeah. some time at lovely loma linda university medical center in beautiful loma linda california where i was very much entertained by your podcast last week so thank, thank you. you guys um for keeping me entertained we always begin the show talking about where we've eaten since we last we spoke um oh, I was this is gonna be great let's remember the whole tmi thing okay yeah, well, no, yours. I won't get too deep into the jello and um, things like that at the hospital. <laughs> we were counting on Gemini to really carry this portion of yeah, it. Yeah, it really were. What have you got going for us, man? Uh, I had a pretty plain week. I've, I've, I try to, I'm up early on the weekends and I try to hit at least one interesting breakfast place, or at least interesting for me. My my go-to is always Life's a Bagel at uh, Lake Mead and, and Rampart and Either the the bagel with the uh, you know lox and cream cheese and capers and the whole thing, or the uh, sausage egg and cheese sandwich. I have uh, 
been remiss there. I ended up at Egg Works in Summerlin for no apparent reason. It was nice. It was fine. Uh, they didn't have hash browns. They had sort of, you know, the, the cubed up deep fried things. So I said, I just don't want this. But they were very nice. Well, you want something else? How about some cottage cheese? Hey, I'll have some cottage cheese. And so everything was fine there. Some hole in the wall Chinese place. And I th- I almost couldn't remember where it was. But then I realized I remember where it, uh, where it was. And I'm sorry, I forget the name, but it was in the strip mall at Charleston and Durango, I think it is, where Featherblade is. And I had, you know, the lunch special. Good lunch special because, you know, every now and then they cheap out on these lunch specials at the Chinese places. They just give you a small portion of food and that's it. The real place gives you a soup. It's your choice. And a, and, a, and an egg roll or something. And they had the egg roll. And I had the choice between wonton and egg drop and hot and sour. And I have the hot and sour. And all was good. Even better, though, I went to Featherblade. I was going to hold on a hot and sour though, man. I miss really good greasy New York style hot and hot and sour soup. You know, well, just there like, at every strip mall in this town. Yeah, I don't know, man. I guess I don't really do. I, I haven't found a lot of good New York style Chinese takeout. I, I really no. haven't. I've I didn't say more, they're good. I just what, said they're there. No, I find more like West Coast style. You know, and I don't yeah. know. I think there's a difference between the two. So is this? Well, you don't even know the name of the place you ate though. I. Uh, not it's either not not new york or china fun and I'll, I'll look it up as you talk okay well that's cool well t- tell me where else you've eaten uh, um featherblade you were well, saying i went to featherblade and that was at at home uh pearl walk to go is the name of the place i went to which okay. is the same thing as featherblade there got the so blade. then my, my question would be would that be more of a, a new york style chinese joint or would that be more of a california style or i what? don't know the difference okay <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I, I think it's just it's where you're from and whether it reminds you of home, I guess, yeah, you know, because I mean, all the little places do. I've walked around, you know, you I know you got your New York, New Jersey cred and all that. but I, I've walked around Mulberry and uh, Canal Street in my day, too. So I've been to the places like that. Yeah. So, OK. Yeah, I still don't know the difference, but that's OK. Uh, Featherblade or the ribeye, the filet. They, I did it. Uh, I, I'm getting pretty good at the uh, the Michael Mina style butter oil basting on in the in the cast iron thing oh it's sort of the butter poached steaks poached. yeah well, yeah yes. not really poached i mean they're fried on a hot cast iron but i got a lot of butter and a lot of oil in there and i tip the pan over and i get the spoon and i ladle it over and flip it about every 30 seconds do about eight cycles of that and it's really charred on the outside and still medium rare on the inside cool so that's cool. pretty good um our go-to takeout italian aromi did not disappoint. In fact, it exceeded expectations. Uh, Joanna always gets the uh, the bronzino, and there were two fillets on the plate. And I this time went for the uh, chicken parm, and there were two chicken parm fillets on the plate. So we had leftovers the next day, and it was wonderful. That place is always great. Cool. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna on the way to do this. I'm gonna find some new cool fast food thing, and I'm gonna this that, and bring something new to the table. And I went to Five Guys. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, never disappoints it was always right there and it was it spoke to me and you were a five guys fan before coming to las vegas i was an og five guys when there were really only five guys in five places all around northern virginia in the suburbs of dc back in like 93 94 so yeah i i got five guys cred 
You know, it's funny, man. I've been here and I've been writing about food for so fucking long in this town. Um, I've seen all of these regional fast food chains come to Las Vegas and they all come with this huge fanfare because of all the expats, right? All the people yeah. who like yourself, right? Who knew it from home and they love it and they love it and they couldn't get it for so long and they have these wonderful memories of it and they're just dying to have it and it comes and I saw it with five guys and I saw it with steak and shake and yeah. I saw it with even my own white castle right my own stoner yeah. college memories and um the truth of the matter is it all blows but it's all nostalgically yep. beautiful because yep, it brings yep. you back to the warm comfort and i'm going to talk a bit more about that, that comfort that that familiarity can bring yeah. to food um so you know it's cool and i don't begrudge people that but it, it cracks me up as an as an old timer in this town watching as i've watched each of them roll through and they were all just they all have lines and of course chick-fil-a the same thing right massive yeah, lines God, when they yeah. come don't get me and started. everybody's excited and we're, we're thrilled and i'm finally gonna fucking have it and it's gonna be just like my childhood and then you know the it kind of calms down after a while and it just blends in with all the other bullshit fast oh food yeah i think that are out there Five Guys got pretty ubiquitous about eight years ago. I'm in downtown Leicester, England, right off the train from London, heading to a soccer match in their magical season. And there in the square is Marco Pierre White's restaurant. You know, big deal. Mm -hmm. Biggest of big deal chefs. Mm -hmm. Right next to it, Five Guys. <laughs> <laughs> Who had a longer line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's uh, that's about all I got for you there in the uh in the eating department. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be a short episode with um Ms. Yeah. Gemini out, but um you know that's cool. We're we're here. We're putting in the work and we're making it we're getting it done and we're here for the people and we do have some great interviews coming up. So don't tune out if you're listening. But um I guess it's my turn to talk about where I've been eating. Look, as I said, I've been sidelined for some long overdue gallbladder surgery. I do have a few restaurants to mention though. Some from before my trip to the hospital, some from after. Um, it's going to be mostly brunches, um, especially in the weekend before I left town, because I spent a lot of time doing brunch that weekend. And I sort of knew that I was probably going to be getting out of town pretty soon. As soon as the doctor saw how fucked up the test results looked that they had just ordered <laughs> yeah. and they're going to say, get over here now. So, um, I, I made the most of that weekend, did a couple of brunches. Um, my friend Jackie was in town and she's also a good friend of, um, Jim Snyder of news three. So Jackie and her family met me, Sue and Jim on the patio of seventh and carson for a pretty amazing brunch um look honestly i can never say enough good things about seventh and carson i love the owner liam um he is just one of the coolest most community focused human beings in las vegas he was born in ireland but you would seriously think he was born and raised in downtown las vegas based on the way he cares about that community that neighborhood they have two patios at that restaurant but the back patio is the real hidden gem it's That's just neat beautiful little garden set up um you feel totally worlds removed from even from the container park across the street, from the parking lot right behind you, a great place to set up. Um, so we were actually fortunate enough to be seated in the um, back patio. Now, at 7th and Carson, they do brunch seven days a week with bottomless servings of their seven styles of mimosa available. Yep, count them, seven styles of cool. mimosas. And Sue sampled quite a few of them that day. Um, not too many, not enough that she remembers the meal. So I'm not saying she went overboard, but she definitely enjoyed sampling them. Um, they what, what, what I lost my mind. I'm sorry. Oh, still, no. 
still got some of those pain meds running through my system. I think <laughs> a few days later, um, I tend to keep it simple when I go there. I always get their breakfast pizza. It's really good. Usually I do chicken and waffles, another go-to, but we skipped that this time. So when I went for some excellent fish and chips, Ooh. um, Jim Snyder swears by the jambalaya. We didn't try it, but I'll have to do it next time. Um, you know, it was, it was just a really great vibe, cool place to go. And I just always want to throw a shout out to seventh and Carson because it's a, it is really the anchor of that Carson Avenue food stroll, you know? Yep. Um, of course, Natalie Young's eats right across the street. You got Veggie Nation next door. Something that I learned, and I, this is a good piece of news that I have for you. It's not really news, but it was new to me, is that if you dine at 7th and Carson, you can order from the Veggie Nation menu. Whoa. Veggie, yeah. So um, Chef um, Chef Donald at Veggie Nation has you know cut a deal with Liam that he'll, he'll offer his menu and they'll bring it right over. So if you're hanging out with your vegan friends and you want to do vegan stuff, but you don't all want to do it, feel comfortable bringing them in and they can get from one of Las Vegas's top vegan restaurants. They can order that right in there at 7th and Carson as well. Dang. So cool little insider tip that we're sharing with you here um, on Food and Loathing. <laughs> The next day, we went to the brunch at Pasta Cucina in Sunset Station. Um, this is something they only offer right now the first Sunday of every month, although they're also doing it on Mother's Day and Easter this year if you want to plan ahead. Um, and that's, of course, their, their Italian space there. It's got, you know, you know what it's like over there. It's yeah, been yeah, a while yeah. since I've been to Sunset Station, but, you know, they've got the uh, the faux sky painted above you, the clouds, you know, makes you feel like you're in a little um, outdoor piazza. Do we have Chianti bottles in baskets with candles in them? No, nothing. Like, no, no, none of that. Okay. Just really just the, the kind of Disneyland <laughs> skies were yeah. kind of cool off the casino floor. Uh, it was a cool vibe. Um, we started with a rather generic basket of pastries. They don't make them in house, um, but, you know, and then they kind of shows that they didn't make them in house, but they do the job <sighs> yeah. without really impressing on any level. But, you know, they're there. But from there, things got much, much better really, really quickly. Uh, I went out of character for an order of yogurt and granola. I know it's, I feel like I should wow. be taking care of myself. I knew I was heading into the hospital soon. Um, and wow, I was honestly surprised by how much I loved this fucking dish. It was a little surprising to me that they laid it out on a board instead of in a cup or a bowl. Two large scoops of vanilla Greek yogurt, some house made granola, some beautiful berries, a gorgeous drizzle of honey, just the right amount. Honestly, you know, this is not something that I order when I'm going out very often. I was so happy that I ordered it because it was it was exceptional. And since I was already out of my element, I decided to order an egg white frittata because oh. I don't know that I've ever had an egg white frittata in my life. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of why I ever would have ordered one before. And lesson learned, I like yolks, but yeah. um this is really beautifully prepared. Um, crispy on the outside, light and fluffy in the middle. Nice mix of goat cheese, spinach, mushrooms, tomato, arugula, basil, and a little lemon olive oil. All really added some nice flavor to it. Great texture. Um, it did the job, man. So, um, you know, again, not a dish that I would normally order, but um, I was quite impressed with it. Uh, getting back into my comfort zone, another breakfast pizza, although that's not what they call it here. This was the pancetta and egg Florentine flatbread, and it was beautifully done. Excellent dough and crust, um, a light coating of Parmesan cream sauce, just enough mozzarella or mutz, as Buddy V might say. <laughs> um, and there's spinach and this perfectly crisp pancetta. Only room for improvement. The eggs were touched overcooked. They did not ooze when I pierced the yolk. And oh, uh, you got to yeah. have the ooze, babe. 
Yeah. So especially because the crust was so fucking good. Right. So yeah. I would have just loved it to be able to sop up a nice runny yolk. So, you know, I give it an eight and a half out of a 10 there. It was pretty solid, but, you know, they just needed to not cook the eggs quite as much. And then I always do a sweet dish when I am at brunch. So um, this this one rather out of place in an Italian restaurant, the um, Dolce de Leche waffles. Whoa. Not sure how that qualifies as Italian. And honestly, I would have liked to have seen more Italian dishes on this menu. I would have liked to have seen some eggs in purgatory or something like that. But um, these Dolce de Leche waffles were, were pretty fucking good and truly decadent. Thanks to um, these scoops of cinnamon whipped mascarpone. Um, It was just it was so, so decadent and really digging that. So that brought me up to my trip to California. Um, Then since I've been home, I really do want to talk about one meal I've had that deserves a big mention, because honestly, you know, food serves a lot of roles in our life. And this week for me, it's been a lot about healing. It's been a lot about trying to get my appetite back after weaning myself off of some powerful narcotics that left my tongue feeling like it was coated in more gauze than my chest had been and that my mind was really numb to any real joy. Man, Um, During the first few days back in Las Vegas, I had zero appetite. I would force myself to swallow food because I knew I had to. I wasn't tasting anything. I was not enjoying anything. I wasn't really eating. I was shoving food in my mouth to maintain. Yeah, I was consuming. And it was in this context that Sue ordered me some Brooksy's pizza. It was about my second or third day home. Um, You know, I don't speak a lot about Brooksy's. It's not a destination pizza place, the kind of place that I would recommend traveling all the way across town for a unique artisanal pie that's unlike, you know, anything you'll get. But despite the fact that I don't talk about it every week on this podcast, it's probably the place where I get pizza most often. It's probably the place in Las Vegas I eat the most often. I mean, I probably prior to being ill when I was not, I haven't been eating a lot of pizzas since um, November, really. But prior to that, I was probably eating a Brooksy's pizza once a week. Um, and it is a solid little pizza joint. It's adjacent to that ice rink on Flamingo Road right there off of the 215 on West Flamingo. I think I had Flamingo. bacon and eggs over medium at that ice rink one time. <laughs> <laughs> and you watch, you watch you know, people Sunday play Sunday morning, 6.30 in the morning, and the place is filled with youth hockey because those rinks are booked 24-7. Yeah. And this is a great place. Um, It is definitely my family place. And I like it. It is really, really good pizza. The crust has a great chew. It's got just the right right amount of grease for me. The cheese and the sauce sort of blend together in a familiar way that reminds me of my childhood. It's not quite New York City, a bit closer to what I remember from South Jersey, but it is comforting. I usually get it plain half plain and half meatball. Sometimes I get it half plain, half pepperoni. This week it was all plain. We were easing me back into eating. Um, And man, it just, it hit the spot. It was fun to eat. It brought back my appetite. Um, And I believe Lou Brooks, who owns the place, once worked for John Arena at Metro and he learned well. I don't know how they parted company. I've never heard about any bad blood or anything like that. I I hope that they're friendly guys. Um, But, you know, he, he definitely learned how to make a good pizza, but it is not even what John does. It's not, you know, again, it's not trying to be creative. It's not trying to reinvent the wheel ever. It is a solid 
neighborhood pizza place. It's comforting. It's good. It served me so fucking well this week. And for that, I really want to thank Lou and the entire team at Brooksy's. You guys did what only a true neighborhood restaurant can do. You made me feel at home, even though I was eating in my own home. You, your food made my home feel more of a home. And you helped me bring me back from a very scary, very painful, very traumatic couple of weeks. And that is what food is about. Oh. That is what restaurants are supposed to do. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I love you. I really do. And I want to send out some serious vibes. Oh, very good. And very uh, well said. Hey, well, we got th- news on the way. But we also have Al chatting. You know, he never stops even when he's unconscious and his gut is ripped open. Uh, Gio Morrow, Nicole Brisson, two of our go-to friends of the show coming up. This is Food and Loathing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back. After all of that, Al's taking a little nap, so let me uh, take care of this bit here. Gio Morrow has launched a new industry night. It's a Thursday's late night at Monzu Italian Oven, and Al talked all about it with Gio. We would love to have a place at night on Thursdays once a week where uh, people in the industry can come and hang out, have a few glasses of wine, have some simple but very good food and uh, and commune with one another and along with that invite the community in large that loves chefs and loves cooks and can be part of that and kind of be on a one-on-one and sit down and have a conversation with the people that cook their foods around town and it's uh, something that Paul and I have been wanting to spearhead for a while and finally we said you know what let's do it and uh, we got a DJ here to have us so we can have some young, fun vibes going on. And, uh, and here, here we are. And we started a couple weeks ago. So far, so good. But I think uh, we want to do everything possible to get the word out. And we understand that it's a slow burn. But there's, if, if there's one thing that I've learned in my old age, at 50, I'm talking like I'm 100. But if the one thing I've, I've learned is that persistency is key. So that's what we're working on. Yeah, that's it. You got to catch people when they're getting off off work on the strip or whatever restaurant they work at, whatever hotel they work at, heading home. And, you know, they want to they want to kind of still hang out. Right. And I feel like we used to have that in your industry. There used to be a lot more communal vibing after work. And I don't know if it's just covid killed it or weed killed it or what, man. But it doesn't seem like there's as much of a community hanging out these days. I, I it, I'm sure that there's a thousand factors but i also know that there are people that long for it and people that want it and people that try it one time and go oh this is i remember this and so we want to be a catalyst to it again i think it's time that we we come together we were we were so uh during the covid uh uh situation we we really came together as a community and then when business started coming and you know when we started getting really busy that kind of all dissipated and all the late night things that had been shut down. I mean, there's really not very many places that we can go and hang out. And I just, I wanted to, to make the place available for that again. And that, that's, that's the whole vibe. That's the whole gist of it. 
Uh, now, what's the food going to be like? Uh, you know, I thought I saw something online that this is kind of a panini and wine vibe. Is that did I get that right? Panini, pasta, and wine. So here's it, and the inspiration came from two things. One of them is uh, Nancy Silverton, whom I've idolized my whole career, and uh, for obvious reasons, she's a great bread breaker, and you, uh, I think the people that know me know how much I love bread. And uh, she used to have, uh, on Thursday, she used to have panini nights at a place called Campanile, uh, her, her first restaurant. And people would just flock from all over the place just to have her grilled cheeses. Because she, she started as literally a grilled cheese cook when she was young. Uh, and, uh, and, and, yeah, and she did, it was just phenomenal. So that, that was one of them. And then there's a tradition of spaghettata, especially in Rome, really all over Italy, where at midnight when you get the munchies, quote-unquote, uh, you would do spaghetti, aglio, and olio. That's spaghetti with garlic, olive oil, parsley, and a little pepperoncino, hot pepper, and, and that would be your midnight snack. So we did... Uh, we're doing three pastas that are from Rome, uh, uh, the Roman tradition, and panini, the three staple, and then we'll have a couple of guest panini. And the idea is that uh, eventually maybe we'll have some of my colleagues come over and say, hey, I want to do a guest panino, or maybe two or three of them, and maybe they want to set up some sort of competitive thing. And maybe the bar community wants to do that too, and we can have a little bit of uh, fun behind the bar. But, uh, you know, I'd love to... To have uh, Chef Paul here next to me tell you about uh, his two guest paninis that he's he's uh, he did last week and this week. So I'll let I'll let him take. I'm not going to monopolize the whole thing, Paul. I apologize. Okay, Chef. So what did what did I miss? Because I've been a little out of commission. I haven't made it to your opening weeks. So uh, the last uh, two weeks, I did a, a, a oxtail ragu panini with a scamorza and an Italian slaw, um, nice uh, thick ciabatta bun, and just. Uh, grilled on that and then uh tomorrow uh, tomorrow i'm doing a, a grilled octopus and potato panini with uh um herb and lemon aioli some fresh arugula just very nice simple flavors but really just they shine through and just nice crunchy bread it's the the, the that's the kick to a good panini and I think the goal here is for it to be casual, for it to be approachable for everybody, people getting off work, their late night snack. So I'm assuming we're going to keep the... Yeah, I'm sorry for being transparent here. I, I'm sorry for interrupting. But the truth of the matter is the both of us are probably going to be in the kitchen shit face. So we can't do anything too complicated because we'll mess it up. It needs to be very simple, very good, lots of prep, because I plan to do a lot of drinking that night. So I've, I've already uh, uh, designated my driver and everything. <laughs> So you want a party vibe here? Yeah, absolutely. That's the whole point of it. I need one day where I could just pop open a few bottles and, uh, uh, and, and just let loose and, and have fun with my colleagues. Um, Price-wise, are we going to be keeping this relatively affordable, something you could do on your, you know, on your after-work budget? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't want, it's not going to be something that's going to break the bank by any means. I mean, panini are, are affordable. The pasta is going to be affordable. But moreover, uh, to, to get this off to a good start, well, we're going to offer anybody with the TAM card in the industry a uh, buy one, get one uh, for all alcohol as well. So that means uh, as long as it's accompanied by food, you guys know the laws in, in Nevada. It has to, have, uh, it has to be accompanied by food. But, look, you can come in and grab a great bottle of Barolo and four dishes, and your second one will be on the house. I mean, I don't know. I, I, just, want, I just want you guys to come over and hang out. So come over and hang out for the love of God. <laughs> Um, 
uh, what was the inspiration for this? Because I remember another chef friend of ours talking about this idea, kicking around with you. I believe it was Nicole Brisson. Yeah, yeah. Was this something that, that you kind of hatched up together? Yeah, absolutely. So Nicole and I, when we get together, this is what we do. We pop open our first bottle, and then we decide to go in the kitchen and see what mayhem we can come up with and, and uh, concoctions and have fun. And then, you know, we'll, it'll get to the second and third and sometimes fourth bottle. I mean, it's just do it depending on how many people are with us. So, we, we, you know, it was something that we said, hey, can we, can we actually do this as a, as a thing in Vegas? I mean, you and I do it. Why don't we do it? And she's she's been, of course, tremendously busy with her. What, what a success story! I I think just the world of her. And she, uh, yeah, and and she she was here on the first one. She wants to uh, hang out with us and do some dishes uh, in the future. So I I think that this could be a really fun thing. And and uh, it, it can't it can't be too much of a fire because you guys know if there's a lot of fire, then it'll burn out quickly. And I'm, I'm interested in having a nice, uh, slow roasting and beautiful embers and just let it let, let, let this become a, a thing in Vegas. I, I love that. You know, I don't have a TAM card, so this means that I can't come or what's the deal? You have an honorary TAM card, first of all. But second, no, it, the TAM card thing is a um, it, it, it's for the quote unquote freebie stuff. But honestly, Al. Uh, when when we're all having a good time, I doubt anybody's gonna really, you know, be checking too aggressively on that stuff. Because <laughs> there are a lot of people who just like to hang out with chefs, right? And so I guess what I'm trying to get at is you're okay with the people who are who may not necessarily work in the industry specifically, or may not work directly in it, but kind of are adjacent to it and love to hang out, love to be surrounded with the chef energy. You're cool with them coming out, right? I, I am absolutely cool. That's we, we want that. We want people that want a conversation with the cooks and, and the chefs that are here. Go ahead, I Paul. Think, I think that uh, just our, our persona as Manzu is all are welcome, and we're a big family. We just like to give everybody big hugs, and that's what we do with our food and our drinks and everything like that. So all are welcome. Now, you know, I've seen your wine list. It ain't necessarily all cheap wine. So is there a limit? I mean, like, what if I come in and I want to order something that's at the very top of your um, level? Like, they could still do buy one, get one? It, it depends on how drunk I am when you ask me the question. So, no, I, I – so – if it's something that I have a really hard time getting, I'm probably going to put a limit on those. And uh, our sommelier, Paul Ellis, is very worried about uh, me uh, giving away the farm. And he, uh, but but I, I think if it's readily available, why not pass out? And, you know, the, the, I'd, rather have, I'd rather have someone drink a great bottle of wine than drink three crappy bottles of wine. And and I think that, that most of us in the industry that love flavors, that's what we're into. We're into quality over quantity. And and so, yeah, why not? You know, I just, why not? And it might not be forever that I can afford to offer that uh, initial uh, offer. Uh, that's what all the, the marketing people tell me to, you know, what's the hook? What's the buy-in? I don't know. I just love to cook. But... Um, but I, I, for as long as I can do it, I'm going to keep on doing it. And what time does this start on Thursdays, and how late does it run, man? So it runs, uh, well, it starts at 10 o'clock because we close at 10. So that's when it starts. Uh, and uh, the DJ starts playing at 10, right? And he, 10, DJ, yeah, 10, 
10, 10.30, the DJ starts playing, and uh, the first week he stayed here, uh, it's, we're supposed to close, quote-unquote, at 1. He stayed here until 2. Uh, and then at 5 o'clock, I threw the keys to someone I knew, and I said, I'm going home because I'm tired, lock up. Rumor has it they were here until 9.30 in the morning when the prep cooks got here, but thank God I, I have a friends that I could trust uh, but it's uh, that, that's just the kind of scene it is we just want to be casual fun safe uh, I want to stress that and we will take precautions on on making sure everybody gets home uh, safely but uh, but I, I, I think it's we it's such a high pressure business we all need a place where we can let off some steam and and do it with one another that get one another Last thing my wife wants to hear with our three kids is me coming home and bitching and moaning on how crappy my day was. And uh, if I could do it here and then she doesn't have to hear about it, I think that that's a good, uh, that's a good plan. Yeah, and man, you've got a huge parking lot out there. I know it can be tough to find a spot sometimes during prime business hours, but late at night, you've got a big parking lot. People should feel safe leaving their car here if they have a few bottles of wine and um, want to Uber at home, right? Yeah, man, I, I've got to tell you, that's happened to me many more times than I care to admit. Uh, it's just there's there's plenty of parking. The landlord is super cool about uh, overnight parking, and, and uh, so people should feel very comfortable uh, leaving the place with an Uber and coming back the next day and picking their car up. I, it's just the whole thing works, and so we, we've got to make sure that we do it right, but the whole thing works, and I'm super excited about it. Al also spent some time this week with Nicole Brisson because, you know, who doesn't want to spend time with Nicole Brisson? Uh, you want to hear about some changes in the menu at Bar Zazu at Resorts World. With every new casino, I feel that you're constantly evolving and changing. And and as you know, I think if you're if you're not evolving, if you're not changing, if you're not pushing pushing the boundaries, then then you're dying basically. And uh, I, I think Barzazu's been a a work in progress from the beginning. And we really kind of drove the the Spanish side when we first opened. And the casinos kind of changed. The dynamic of the clientele has changed. You know, now we're much more convention centric, and uh, we we want to appeal, not not to dumb it down and say we're appealing to the masses, but but also give people what they want. You know, they want still the small plates. They want um, we're getting a lot of a demand for the the cafe side, which is a lot more fast casual. So that's your grab and go pizza area, sandwiches, a quick beer, a mezcal slushy. You know, really really. A, co- a great coffee, well-made coffee, curated drink, um, and then you go into the dining room, and it's a little more formal. It's that still that beautiful dark blue and pink, and and the the beautiful artwork that we have, and, and it's more of that bar experience. You know, we really want to embrace the bar. You know, have it feel like you're there having drinks, entertaining friends, um, maybe having a girls' night out, and and really just having that eclectic experience. Um, I, I think it's also a great experience to just have a couple quick apps before you come to Brezza for more of a substantial dinner or go there afterwards for, for some sangria after you've had a, a big meal here. But I, I feel like we're just working in conjunction to, to give everybody everything that they want across all three spaces, whether it's Cigar Lounge or Barzazu or Brezza. So if people are looking for Spanish cuisine, if they're looking for those tastes of Spain, you still have those tastes of Spain on the menu? Yes, of course. We have all the, the cured meats and cheeses. Uh, we have a, a great paella that we do, um, caldoza style, so it's a little soupier. Um, we have the beautiful sherry roasted mushroom bone marrow. It's a huge femur, great eye-catching presentation. Um, so yeah, and Arnold, my... my uh, 
culinary director, he's always creating these these great ceviches and new seafood items. And, and we're now we're really going to focus on having a lot more seasonal specials. You know, we're going to try to head out to Carrie Clasby's farm in Malibu and just really get inspired for, for our next seasonal changes. We're going to do a big one at Brezza and a big one at Bars Azu coming soon. So when we talk about being more approachable, talk to me about some of the dishes that are just more for the masses, for the convention crowd. Well, as I mentioned, you know, we do do all the food for Cigar Lounge as well, and that's a very man's menu. It's 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 pizza alla pala, it's hamburgers, it's uh, wings, and it was from that inspiration that we, we were trying to to satisfy the cigar world that we really realized that they wanted a lot of that at Barzazu as well. So we do have, we have a Spanish-inspired pizza alla pala uh, with chorizo, goat cheese, some red onion, uh, roasted peppers. Um, <clears throat> we, we did put a burger on the menu there as well uh, with some gorgonzola, mascarpone, and just a, a really kind of rustic, well-made burger that we grind everything in a house, have a beautiful potato bun, and um, because you're at a bar, you know, you want a burger. <laughs> so, yeah, and I feel like the vibe over there is much more, it caters to, to, to bar food, to small plates, and again, it doesn't matter whether it's Spanish-influenced or influenced by any other culture. It's really that sexy, chic vibe of kind of starting your evening off, getting ready to go out, like that kind of deal. So it, are you, do you see this as a beginning of the evening uh, or an end of the evening or a sitting down for the whole night kind of place? I see it a little bit of both. You know, we, we see a lot of the conventioneers coming, stopping in for their first cocktail at Bar Zazu and then heading to one of the other restaurants for, for the more intimate sit-down experience. Um, but then, you know, you get that, that pre-Zook crowd that they, they want to just have some really great curated cocktails. And I, I love our beverage program. I mean, Jake Bliven, he came out from California and he just owned it. And, and he's such a, a nature to to be reckoned with himself. He's very animated. He, he describes the inspiration for each, each cocktail. He's got the great sangria program. Um, I, I honestly want to get to where I'm going to plant the seed in you because <laughs> I'm excited about it. We want to start offering basically a private, private wine room Zazu experience really just for locals, you know, whether it just be mezcal and ceviche or um, let's feature some Spanish wines and, and little tiny tapa that that are featured that evening. We can do uh, beer, our, our chisel beer tastings. We can do, um, i trying to think of one of, my, one of my other ideas, but we can really curate the experiences because you can fit eight people in there intimately and we can really ha- put a chef in front of you, put a, a cocktail professional in front of you or a wine director and really make that experience custom and intimate. And that's kind of our next goal is to activate that portion of Zazu. So if you were going to describe the, um, the main difference between coming in and experiencing Nicole Brisson at Brezza or going next door and experiencing Nicole Brisson at Barzazu, what would the primary difference between those experiences be? Uh, I would say Brezza is kind of the, the timeless Italian classic modern interpretation of Chef Nicole. You know, the, the more grounded Chef Nicole. I would say... Barzazu is kind of the sand dollar chef, Nicole. <laughs> the more fun, the more more um, animated, the more uh, just just lively experience, you know. And I, I think we're going to have a lot more fun with it as as time goes on, and just really get creative. And, and it's always going to be changing. So keep your eye. Well, I look forward. I got to get in here for a meal now that I'm getting my appetite back. I'll be in very shortly, so I'm looking forward to it. While I have you. I just, and I didn't warn you I was going to talk to you about this, so you can kick me and, and we won't talk about it if you don't want to. I just came from um, Gio Morrow. We were talking about his Thursday night events. And I know that um, you were sort of instrumental in the, the 
coming up with that idea with him. And I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on what he's doing over there on Thursdays. Yeah, so Chef Gio and I uh, started brainstorming one night after a little too much vino, and we started talking about vino and panino, you know, how, how we missed those old school uh, Tommy Rocker, back of the house brawl days, and we really wanted to give give a place for the community to feel comfortable, eat great food, and and just really kind of talk shop, you know. And I, I think that's something that we're Jolene did so well years ago, and we're really missing. And I really want to bring some of the younger generation into that fold. And I want the servers, the bartenders, the chefs, the cooks, everyone to kind of be in one space and feel feel like they have a sense of community. And that's what Chef Gio and I really wanted to accomplish. I was at his first night, unfortunately missed the second one, but uh, we're trying to get a whole, a whole gang together to get down there tomorrow night. Al, you're back away. What's next? The news is next. This is Food and Loathing. Here you are in Vegas, you're hungry, and the choices are endless. But do you really want to trust the crowd? You can trust Neon Feast. Restaurant recommendations from real food pros sharing where they send friends and family. All that knowledge is just a download away on the Neon Feast app. You want the strip, off strip, downtown, great views, great value? Find smart, informed restaurant recommendations on the Neon Feast app and neonfeast.com. So um, one big piece of news that I want to tell everybody about, we've been wanting to bring back the Meet the Chef series, uh, Neon Feast Meet the Chef, where we get some folks up close and personal in the Element Home Gallery with one of their favorite chefs, little live cooking demo. Um, you may recall we did one of these with um, with my friend Brian Howard. Rich, you were at that one, right? I was. Love Brian. Love that stuff. Uh, great little uh, bites that he made for everybody. It was a fun event, right, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be back. I love oh. freeloading events. I mean, I love neat uh, events like that. <laughs> so this is an invite on the event, but we are going to be, you're going to check your uh, social media. You'll find a contest to win some tickets for this. Um, it's coming back Monday, February 27th. Chef James Trees for uh-huh. Meet the Chef Part 2 Element Home Gallery, which is a gorgeous appliance showroom out there on Dean Martin and Warm Springs. And we're going to have um, Bobby G, the bartender from um, Beam Suntory, will once again be mixing up cocktails. Again, invitation only, but we've got a contest site that we're setting up right now. You'll be able to come to to you know check out all my social media things. You'll see how you'll be able to enter and win tickets for that. Just looking at my Facebook feed and James put up a couple of pictures of the big hole of dirt behind the old nostalgia store that is going to be the kitchen for the new Esther's kitchen. And man, it is huge piece of uh, of dirt he's got dug up there. <laughs> he's got big plans, man. And oh, I mean, yeah, James has a lot going on. I think he's also getting over his sixth battle with COVID right now, even as we speak, (laughs) but I checked the CDC guidelines and he will be fine by February 27th. So, um, you know, uh, we're, we're spent. I'm so excited. I mean, this meet the chef series is so cool. It makes me so happy to be able to do this. It's of course brought to you by neon feast. And, um, you know, that's one of my favorite things about having neon feast is that, you know, we're able to do some special little things like this every once in a while. It makes me feel really cool. Cool. Um, okay, what else can I tell you in the news? Proper Eats Food Hall is now open at Aria. Um, you know, this is the latest food hall. It's coming to us from Click Hospitality. And, um, you know, they know what they're doing. They, they're, they're hip and cool, and they know how to run a good food hall. Um, they've got easy donuts in there, Tao Hospitality. 
Tao Hospitality's Egghead from New York City, Wexler's Deli from Los Angeles, where you get like sandwiches like the Sam Rothenstein and um, the the Mo Green. <laughs> um, oh, we've God. got Ramen by Laughing Buddha, Lola's Burgers, Steve Aoki. I don't know. I guess he's following in his dad's footsteps. And by that, I don't mean that he's sinking the Wolf of Wall Street's career. I mean, <laughs> following in his dad's footsteps by being a restaurateur. And he's got um, Pete Aoki coming in there. Soul Bird by Food Network's Judy Jew and her partner, Andrew Hales. This is going to be the first Soul Bird outside of London, inspired by her Korean-American heritage. And man, a place that I just love the fucking name of, Shalom, y'all. Shalom y'all Mediterranean from Portland I don't know what they got going on with that (laughs) I'm actually doing there to eat next week At all these places So I'm super excited Hopefully I'll have more info On what's happening at Proper Eats Food Hall For you next week There has always been a vibrant But small thriving Jewish community In uh, Portland That had a couple of the greatest restaurants of my youth The big one being Rose's Delicatessen That I still miss to this day And it's been gone for 35 years Oh, well, I mean, I feel like um, Jewish food is hot right now. You know, we've got a couple of Israeli chefs coming to the strip as well. We've got Shalom y'all coming to Aria. So um, I don't know. New trend. I'm excited for it because um, I don't know a lot about Israeli food. I'll be the first to say. So I'm curious to see what people bring. I mean, you know, I know we have some Lebanese chefs in town like Sonia Al-Nawal, you know, so we do have some Middle Eastern here in Vegas already, but I'm not sure what Shalom y'all is really all about. So again, Excited to get over to Proper Eats Food Hall. Uh, guys, forgive me, Rich. You guys may have covered this one, but did you talk about Retro by Voltaggio last week? No, in the no, news? no. Tell us, tell us. Okay, so Retro by Voltaggio. Look, we knew the Voltaggio brothers wanted to come to Las Vegas. We knew they've been itching to do it. They've been doing the pop-ups, all this stuff. So they've announced a year-long pop-up called Retro by Voltaggio. It's going into the spot that is now Ariol. So um, out with the Wine Angels. In with oh. the retro chic. And um, I don't know. This is something I, I, I just kind of feel like that Michael and Brian and maybe some of our other friends who are friends with them. I could just imagine them at a late night party kicking ideas yeah. around and saying, let's see if Mandalay will go for this shit. Yeah. Um, it's a classic American family style dining concept capturing the feelings, tastes, sounds and pop culture moments of the 80s and 90s. So <sighs> I, I'm told there's going to be. 80s and 90s TV and movie references in this. Um, it's going to be a very, I don't want to say interactive, yeah. but I guess multi-dimensional conceptual vibe dishes um, that they're mentioning things like pot roast, lobster thermidor, shrimp cocktail, Caesar salad. Um, so, I don't know. Like, look, those guys are a lot of fun. You know, yeah. we had fun hanging out with them when we were up at a uh, bottle rock, you know, and they were oh, making yeah. that giant stoner crab cake if you recall um (laughs) so those guys know how to party they know how to have a good time and i'm excited for it man so welcome voltaggio brothers it's about fucking time you did something longer than two weeks here in vegas um, yeah i really hope that what you said is how it worked those guys sitting around stone with a bunch of friends throwing (laughs) stuff out i really fear this was just over consulted to death but we'll see when we get there. I will keep an open mind. I don't know. Look, I'm going to tell you, I do not know the Voltaggio brothers at all, man. I've, I've experienced them the same way that you have, you know, public yeah. events. Um, they're, they're nice guys. They're cool guys. I do know the, the chefs that they hang out with. I know the chefs that they pal around with, the chefs that are here locally. And they're very creative guys that I know. Um, so I feel like there's a certain authenticity to them. I, I, I don't know. It, I could be wrong on it. But um, I, I'm 
look, man, I'm keeping yeah. my fingers crossed that there's a lot of authenticity to this, a lot of fun and a lot of just playfulness going on with it. The, so, the man, fact, the, I'm sorry, the fact that they uh, continue to uh, make their headquarters Frederick's Frederick, Maryland, also known as the gateway to Hagerstown, um, says something a bit about authenticity because that you know, it's kind of out there. It's kind of not really anybody's great destination. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. But although it's, just, I'm told it's a gorgeous casino. It is the casino in Frederick. No, aren't they? Oh, uh, aren't no, they at the MGM? Isn't that? Well, the what? MGM is in DC. You know, it's right there. Oh, okay. It's, it's a whole different place, right across the river from Alexandria, Virginia. Uh, okay. Frederick is 45 miles north of DC, over oh, the okay. mountain, or what passes for mountains in that part of the world. Uh, see, I learned <laughs> something from you every single day. I've lived everywhere. I can't hold a job. I think we mentioned already that Echo and Riggs' second location is now open in the district, so yep. we're psyched about that. Um, uh, and I think that is about all that I have. I, we mentioned that Snapo Razzo is now available in um, yep. Smiths and Kroger's. And I guess that's it for this week, man. Big thanks to our guests. Um, of course, Mr. Giovanni Morrow and Ms. Um, Chef Nicole Brisson. Thanks for spending some time with me and getting me back in the saddle and doing some interviews after being away for a while. As always, we bug you. We plead with you. We cajole you. Tell a friend about Food and Loathing at the usual podcast places. Check Al's musings and postings on the major social media sites. Just search food and loathing and reach us directly by email info at food and vegas and hey man if you haven't done it yet please download that neon feast app it's a lot of fun you get to use it to find wherever you want to eat and we've added a few new restaurants just within the past week some places that i was a little behind on because of being sick uh, my friend rob casualries doing some of the writing for um for 20 or 30 new entries so uh go check it out there you may find some spots that you hadn't seen recently um I, you know i a lot of great recommendations um, yeah. from from guys like um, Phil and uh, anyway, good, yeah, yeah. good stuff coming on there. So get it, whatever you want, whatever you find, you know the deal. You get it on Neon Feast, and please follow Samantha Gemini Stevens, who is mending right now. Um, follow what she's eating, cooking, learning over on the social medias at Wishbone and Vine, and read all of her shit at um, offthestrip.com. Somehow, some way, next week, Al is going to drag his raggedy ass over to the CW to be on Wake Up with the CW. Now, every other Friday, 8.30 a.m. Hopefully, you can put all this medical mess behind you, and we'll see you again. If not, we'll just listen to you on the Neon Feast update on The Vibe, 99.7 in Vegas, 98.1 in the high desert, 98.9 at the river, and every Thursday morning, 8.10 a.m. on The Club, a.m. 670. KMZQ with Rich Johnson and sending out good vibes and love to Samantha Gemini Stevens. I'm Al Mancini. Stay hungry. Yeah.